Welcome to the 34 Welcome to Make Matriarchy Great Again. Welcome back to the 34 Circe Salon. We end our episode with a discussion about the homeland of the Amazons. I think what would be good, I mean, I know people listening, I want people listening to understand that we want to encapsulate, this is not like we're going off in this like fancy scholar's lounge, professor's lounge kind of discussion. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty straightforward. I mean, just look at your world, just look at the way politicians react to things, to, to conflict and combat. Look at TV and movies. I, I, I think I've said to both of you, there's a weird undercurrent going on in movies right now there's some kind of like i'm still the man kind of routine happening here and you see it because if you if you don't display yourself as the king of the hill then somebody else is the king that's always the sensibility so all these things are very real very practical and very much in our everyday life so that's sort of like the the outcome of the patriarchal uh takeover but what what people always want to know is what made them that way in the first place? How did that happen? If the whole world was a a world culture of the goddess, of the great mother, from, you know, we all came out of Africa and we come from basically a single source. And and so what happened to these guys up in the steps, you know, who turned into the Indo-Europeans? Because there there are Indo-European rituals where the young, the teenage boys, basically the young men, are are their initiation is uh, is is to learn brutality. Basically, their their initiation is to uh, be learn to be brutal, learn to so that they think that goes all the way back to the Proto Indo Europeans. I was wow. just reading about this uh, from uh, a very renowned scholar, David Anthony talked about that well look at the spartans i mean just think about the institutionalized military academy that boys would get you tear the boy from the mother at seven you throw him in this military academy you brutalize him you brutalize him physically sexually psychologically and you make him into this warrior who the goal was you're connected with the state you're connected with your your military group you're not connected with your mother and family that's oh, where you're brought to. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's they, they took a seven at seven, you'd be pulled out and then you'd be given another boy as your mentor. But that is a brutality mentor, which we don't even have to get into. So then go back uh, three or four thousand years from that point in the in the region of the steppes where so many people there's so many different tribal peoples living there some hunter gatherers some uh more um uh you know they domesticated animals and kept herds uh nomadic more nomadic um and how did it happen i it's the million dollar question like what yeah, and yeah. i look at i look at the culture of varna and when i hear about how they they had some a little bit of trade or exchange going on maybe or or 
or perhaps that's an archaeological myth and maybe the Indo-European males had already gone into the Kukuteni culture and done some damage and they may already have stolen women and stolen uh, valuable things because the valuable things, the gold and everything shows up in their graves before they demolish uh, Varna. So I see it as the reason that they decided to go on the warpath, you know, and go and get the good, the good stuff that, that the goddess cultures had uh, created. And of course, all of the gold and silver and copper were originally sacred and they were used to make sacred implements and sacred objects. And they were part of the priestess tradition. So they, there was something about those shiny metals that, yeah. uh, you know, greed arose. And maybe the women themselves, who knows how they look? What does that look like when you see uh, women who are free? And I, I don't know, because... Yeah, there's a lot. Something had to, I think there's, a lot of times there's some lack, some stressor, clear stressor must have been there. Something maybe where they were running out of food, running out of some kind of sustenance. There was some climate change. That yes. Yeah. They, not enough to uh, explain what happened, but but some, and that could have been a stressor, exactly. Maybe yeah. a perfect storm. Maybe you have the stressor, you have the gold, you have the wind, you have all these different things happening at one time. So maybe there is a perfect storm that gives us put, essentially what world we're living in right now, you know, so, this eruption um, of these guys. So to kind of circle back around to your original question about where, mm-hmm. one of the interesting places for us to explore would be uh, south of Varna. Varna's like midway on the east side of the, I mean, sorry, on the west side of the Black Sea. So you go down south of there, and that's where the Karanovo culture uh existed for, I think, 1,500 years or something. They have a tell that's like 50 feet high where uh, the where the site was. They built again and again and again and again in the same place. And then that, that place was completely wiped out. What's uh, the name of that culture again? It's called Karanovo, K-A-R-A-N-O-V-O, Karanovo. And it was, it's the beautiful pottery and you know, it's it's uh, so much of the old European civilization uh, is is from the Karanovo culture. So, uh, or at least the site. So, anyway, to go down just south of there, then is the it's the part of Bulgaria, south eastern corner of Bulgaria. So it's almost like now we're we're almost under the Black Sea, but not quite. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and that area is Thrace, and that's and the Thracians were like sixth, uh, fifth century BCE. So here's Karanovo, fifth millennium, and then here's the here's the women's resistance movement still active, the women warriors still active in this part of Bulgaria. In which what, what time frame again? They're they're like fifth century BCE. Fifth century, okay. So, millennium to fifth century—it's a really big time gap. And the same is true of Lemnos. You know, the people of Lemnos. uh, I found a great quote from uh, Ivan Maratov, 
the the language of the Kabiri, he says, the, the their mysteries on Lemnos, where the women killed their husbands, was the tongue of the Thracian Sintioi tribe. Okay, so some Thracian tribe in, uh, you know, 4,000 years later, basically, uh, 5,000 years later, 4,000, let's say, uh, from Lemnos to Thrace. I need to note that because the, the, the interesting thing is the language of Lemnos, based on what linguists have said now, is tied to the language of the Minoans. Okay, well, that's very so, interesting. And also the, yeah. the same language family. Yeah, so if yeah. they're also tied to the Thracians, you know, we're going to probably have to wrap up this portion of it. But one of the things in terms of our journey of what we're planning is you've got this linguistic connection between the language spoken on Lemnos, the language spoken on Minos. Interestingly, also the Etruscan language, and there's still argument, yeah. DNA and archaeological argument as whether the Etruscans, just the myth was from the ancient world that the Etruscans come from Anatolia. Uh, there's some argument now of whether they are an indigenous group, but anyway, there's it's an interesting link. And now you're saying also this Thracian language, but the, the significance to me is that all of these cultures were known as having powerful women or being potentially matriarchal, whether exactly. scholars dismiss it as being, oh, it's just what they were saying about them in the old days. Of course, nothing about matriarchy is ever true to modern scholars, but the fact that these these cultures are linked by language is very significant. And the fact that also no one seems to want to somehow decipher the language is also significant. But also, you know, you've got the genetic linkage now from the women of Crete, Minoan, uh, to Anatolia that we have definitively shown where they come from, this same Black Sea region, which is like a cauldron uh-huh. of these matriarchies. So the last thing I want to ask you, though, Vicky, for what we're immediately looking into is we're thinking of obviously looking in another part of the Black Sea, the northern part of Turkey at the southern shore of the Black Sea. What do we know about that area and what do you think about its in terms of being a rich place to look? Well, that's the area we're talking about. That's exactly the area we're talking about. Right. Well, yeah, we see here because in Bulgaria, we're a little bit further in the other direction. But I'm, I'm saying going a little bit further inward towards like Gerasan and Samson and the Thermodon going now in the direction of Georgia, which is also one of the last locations where they say the Amazons, you know, it was one of the myths of where they rode off into the sunset. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that was more like the Sea of Azov, right? Yeah, well, there's like there's a couple. It's interesting because there's there's so many different stories. One of the stories is that they're in the hills of Georgia and the Caucasus Mountains, and the other one is across the Sea of Azov too. Like, did they go off there and become Scythians? Um, <laughs> but we're gonna look. We're gonna look in this region as well. So there's a lot for us to dig into. I think for today we might want to just wrap this up and. I just let me um, let oh, me just sort ahead. of uh, circle back around as well thematically uh, why we're so interested in the Amazons mm-hmm. um, is that if we believe that they are a myth, then we are believing that women cannot fight back um, or, or be strong in general. You know, because yeah. the, because in Crete the women were extremely athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. A very yeah. good point. And they had the same symbols, right, Vicky? They they used the labrus, which was an Amazon labrus. symbol. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was. It became the symbol, and more than a symbol. I mean, it was. Uh, it was the ceremonial uh, motif 
that yeah. represented all of Crete and uh, and certainly before and after the Amazon the, connected with the labyrinth with the yeah the there's a wonderful um, there's a wonderful book uh, by um, Ellen Snortland S N O R T L A N D called Beauty Bites Beast and the book is about essentially why don't we ever hear of in the news of um, instances where women have successfully fought back against their attackers, uh, specifically uh, rapes, specifically when women fight off a rapist. Well, they and... go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, if they kill them. Yeah. But the, uh, the idea is that she wants to help us fight the idea that if a man wants to do violence against you, then you're going to have violence done against you. And that sense of the invisibility of the Amazon doesn't protect women. It actually encourages violence against yeah. them yeah, because yeah. it makes us easy targets. So the idea of the Amazon is very important to keep alive because we do still need to be resistance fighters against the patriarchy. And we do need to have examples of when women have successfully fought back against gendered violence. Yes. If we're going to keep ourselves alive in this world long enough to hopefully bring some of those matriarchal principles back into our lives. Absolutely. Well put. Yeah. The Amazons, the Amazons were the daughters of Ares, the daughters, oh, right. yeah. daughters of Mars. You know, they, they, the, the, and you know, the, the symbol of Ares astrologically is a ram, a ram's horns. And the ram's horns, they're everywhere. They start, they're in gold at Varna. Yeah. And they go mm. all the way down to Thrace. They're very strong in Thrace. I mean, that would be a wonderful thing to follow, to track, because Mars is the fight back. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll we're going to have to make our list, not only of the timeline, because I want to share that with people, but uh, Vicki and Dawn, we need to make our list of what we're going to track, because uh, for the casual listener, we are going to look for the Amazon homeland, and we hope to do that soon. So there's a lot of things to dig through. I mean, this is, you know, we've gone on a while and it's it's flown by, but yet we've barely scratched the surface of all of this stuff. So yes. yeah, will you two come back again? Let's talk some more about Amazons. Can we oh do that? Oh my goodness. Well, when, when am I not talking about Amazons? <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. All right. So I want to thank uh, Vicki Noble and Dawn Sam Alden for joining us today in our first of many talks about the Amazons. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. This is the 34 Circe Salon. Thank you for joining us.